Something that's always really sad to see is when it feels like somebody is almost resistant to doing the things that are most likely to get them to do something well or to be successful, however you choose to define that. So today, we're going to be talking about three main reasons why you as a songwriter should play to your strengths. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Adala. Today, we're talking about three reasons why songwriters, so you, yeah, you, um, and I, should play to their strengths. Before diving in, though, if you haven't already, be sure to pick up my free guide, 10 Different Ways to Start Writing a Song. This is going to help you with getting out of a rut, if you're in a creative rut, or it will help you get started with songwriting if you haven't written a song before. It will give you 10 different ways to start a song, five from a lyrical standpoint, five from a musical standpoint. It will help you get out of your creative box, which is always, always, always a thing that we as creators and as songwriters should want to do it's something I'm certainly always trying to do, which is not to say that we shouldn't write songs that are our quote unquote bread and butter, uh, which is sort of what we're talking about today. But it's always good to keep exploring and then kind of return back to to the stuff that uh, you are best at. Uh, but certainly keep exploring other avenues because for all you know, right, the thing you're actually best at, you haven't actually discovered yet. And right now, what you think of as your bread and butter is maybe not uh, what actually is going to be the thing that makes you special or the thing that resonates most with you. So be sure to keep exploring different ways to start writing a song. That way you can write some different kind of stuff. That way you can sort of, uh, over time, Discover further and refine your your sort of artistic identity, if you will. So that's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide if you're interested. Today, though, we are talking about why you should play to your strengths. And the first reason is very simple. It should be very intuitive. Um, but I think often sometimes we forget this despite how obvious it may seem. And that is that chances are people like you for your strengths. Nobody likes you for your hot temper. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes you for the fact that, uh, you know, a little selfish sometimes, right? Like whatever your, I'm not, and I'm not saying you specifically, right? But any of us, right? Whatever our weaknesses are, people like us despite those things. And our songs are no different, right? Nobody likes your songwriting for the things you're weak at, right? If you are not, if you're barely a pianist and you're a much better guitarist and you have some pedestrian piano stuff that you add to your mostly guitar-driven songs, chances are nobody likes your songs because of the piano part, right? People probably like your songs because of, well, maybe tons of other factors, but one of them is pro probably going to be the guitar stuff, if guitar is really a, a strength of yours. You know, and this is true of pretty much anything in life, right? If you're known for your sales ability and a company hires you, 
they probably didn't hire you for your ability to write software, right? Because they hired you for sales, because that's what you're good at. It would be wasteful to hire a great salesman and then have them do software, or vice versa. You know, if, if, if you're making a TV show, and, you know, you're trying to prepare for the pilot, you're casting the show, and you get Jerry Seinfeld as either a writer or a cast member, right? That better be a comedy, <laughs> because Jerry Seinfeld famously, not exactly the greatest actor in the world, but isn't the, like, goat conversation for comedians, right? Whether or not you personally like Jerry Seinfeld is kind of besides that point of, you know, he, he did co-create the, you know, one of the greatest sitcoms ever, and he is, you know, probably top dog in the comic world now and probably for the past 20 years now. Long time. Probably longer. So if you're writing a drama, why the heck would you get Jerry Seinfeld, right? If you're going to get Jerry Seinfeld, play to his strengths. It's comedy. You know, I've given this analogy before and I'll do it again because it's so true. And I wish, I wish, my goodness, do I wish that there was a bigger understanding about this as, uh, the, I I love the prequels for Star Wars. Um, but I think they would be much better. They would be the best Star Wars movies if George understood this one thing, I think, um, People love George Lucas. If you're a Star Wars, if you like Star Wars, you, especially if you're a real like Star Wars fan, and I'm, I'm not saying that in a gatekeeping way, I'm talking about like this, this is like the people that like, yeah, I enjoyed those movies, or yeah, I enjoyed the original trilogy when they came out, but I kind of don't care since, right? I'm talking about those of us that like watch the Clone Wars and watch Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff, right? Kind of the, the diehards that that have wasted many hours discussing with friends who's more powerful and, you know, the whole nerd thing. So anyway, regardless of your level of Star Wars knowledge, um, you, you probably are aware that, you know, George Lucas didn't actually write the scripts. Uh, he was a part of it, uh, but he didn't write the, you know, he wasn't the, the director specifically, and he had other people come in and help him with the scripts, the script writing, right, the story, the dialogue uh, in the original trilogy. But then he did it all himself for the prequels. And here's the thing. If you're a Star Wars fan, you love George Lucas for the amazing universe he created, the stories he comes up with, fantastic, and his characters. He's fantastic at those three things. In fact, in the universe department, I think you could give him the award for the greatest of all time. <laughs> like it's just, Especially if we're talking movies, for sure. Then it's not even a debate, I don't think. Um, but nobody likes George Lucas for his dialogue. Nobody. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not great. Uh, that might even be a kind way of putting it, right? That, that anybody who's seen episode two in any of the love scenes, like, stop with the sand. Stop it. Um, so where George Lucas ideally s- sits, right, is in that area where, like, don't let him write the dialogue, but his stories, his universe have him come up with the characters, do all that. Just have somebody else write the specific dialogue in in the script. That's not his strength. And nobody loves him for that. Everybody loves him for the things he's good at. And your songwriting is going to be the same. 
So figuring out what are your strengths and playing to those, AKA utilizing those, right? Don't be writing a bunch of piano songs if you're a really good guitarist and you're a pedestrian pianist. Don't, don't do that, right? Uh, now, if you want to become a better pianist and, 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 and you like piano in the context of songs better and all that, like, sure, start moving that way. But play to your strengths. Think about like what, what are the things that, that you are best at in the songwriting music world, right? What instruments are you best at? What vocal stylistics are you best at? What parts of the songwriting come most naturally to you? Right? Could you write memorable melodies all day? Could you write catchy rhythms and, and you know, catchy bass lines all day? Like, what, what are the things that for you come more naturally than to the next songwriter, you think? Which you might say, I don't know any other songwriters. That's why I listen to this podcast. You're the only other songwriter I know. Uh, in that case, you know, just you can usually figure out what your strengths are based on sort of um, almost how you feel when you finish a song, right? I think deep down, m most of the time, we're aware when we did something, we're like, oh, that was it, right? Like that, that, that. we just hit on something that, that, that fits what I'm, what I am and my strengths perfectly, because that's usually when a song comes together and it just is fantastic and just feels right. We tend to know when that happens, and we tend to know when we tried to do things that maybe don't fit us as well. So just try to be really honest with yourself about that. Not to mention, for a lot of these things, you, you, you know your strengths, right? I'm, I'm sure you do, right? Like, I, I know that I'm a better pianist than I am a guitarist. I know that. And I play to that. <laughs> I, I most of my songs are more piano based than guitar based. I use guitars as the, you know, uh, certainly I like lots of layers of guitars and stuff like that. Uh, but usually the main instrument of my songs tends to be piano. That's intentional. I tend to write more emotional, big, epic songs. Why? Because again, it plays to the things that I'm best at. I I tend to be better at the emotive, emotional melodies with big leaps. And then as a vocalist, easily my biggest strength is vocal range. Like, I'm, I'm not somebody that's going to blow you away with runs. I'm just not. I can't do that stuff. I don't, I don't even like that stuff, frankly. So even if I could do that, I don't even know that I would know because I <laughs> I dislike it so much. Um, but that's, that's not my strength as a songwriter, right? Uh, and, you know... It, I, like literally every other person on the planet, don't have the buttery, smooth, beautiful amazingness of the, the James Taylor baritone, right? Uh, I think if I just sat in my baritone range all day, it would get boring, right? James Taylor can sit there not only all day, but for like four decades, and we're all perfectly okay with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think my voice, you'd be okay with it. I think it would get boring. Um, but something I can do is hit belt some really high notes, relative to the lower notes I can hit for being a lower baritone overall. So I played to that, right? Um, it's all very intentional. And, and a part of it, too, is, is self-fulfilling in that that's the music I tended to like. So that's the stuff I tended to practice singing in the car and have listened to more music of that. So that's a part of why I'm better at that. Um, but 
just be honest with yourself about what your strengths and weaknesses are and play to those strengths because that's probably what people are going to like you for. Nobody likes people or artists for their weaknesses. So number two, your strength being played to can minimize the effect of your weaknesses. Uh, put simply, Bob Dylan's, Bob Dylan's songwriting covered for his singing. Bob Dylan is one of the most successful artists of all time, right? Uh, Bob Dylan is one of those people that's sort of sacred ground, right? If you ever insult anything about him except his, except his voice, um, chances are you're going to have a whole army of people telling you how none of your opinions matter anymore because you have just insulted the uninsultable, right? Like Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Whitney Houston, right? Like there's people that are just hallowed ground that for whatever reason you're not allowed to levy any criticism against. Uh, except Bob Dylan, everybody does admit, singing, not exactly the greatest, and the reality is, though, nobody cares. Why? Because his songwriting hit just the right notes. And he's a very good lyricist, right? And because of that, nobody cares about the singing. You don't listen to Bob Dylan for his singing voice. You listen to Bob Dylan for his songs. And you listen to him, too, Almost in a weird way, his singing voice helps him because it sort of fits his everyman type of songwriting style, right? It's not this grandiose thing. It's like the guy next door singing a song about his life that you can relate to. And Bob Dylan sounds like a guy you can relate to because he kind of sounds like the random neighbor you have that's not a real singer trying to sing, right? Like, I'm going a little far now, but... But really, right? Like, like you don't listen to Bob Dylan's voice and say, wow, what a voice, right? Nobody has ever said that unless it's, wow, what a voice, right? Like, no, nobody says it in an amazed way. It's always in a, like, really? Way. And again, though, it illuminates us to the reality of if you are playing to your strengths, nobody cares about your weaknesses. Now, that's... A fairly extreme case, right? Because, again, one of the most successful, predominantly singing artists of all time. Um, and, I mean, honestly, I, in my high school, in, in my high school choir, or at least in the, like, uh, I, I don't know what you would call it, like the smaller elite choir, if you will, right? The one you stay after school for doing. In that thing, I think every single person in that is a better singer than Bob Dylan. <laughs> like, right? In a small school, probably, you know, 20 of us, every single person, probably a better singer than Bob Dylan. Which should just put into perspective, I mean, he is not great at it. And nobody cares. So are you a strong singer? But maybe a weak instrumentalist? Maybe consider more complex vocal arrangements, simpler instrumentals, right? If you're not great at any instrument, you know, wh whether you go sort of the electronic music route where instrument skills have 
you know, really are relevant. Or you just keep, uh, let's say you are a beginner pianist. Keep the piano simple. And instead, layer in some more interesting harmonies, right? Show off more vocally. Have a sparse arrangement that, that sort of gives room for you to show off that vocal. Maybe you're a strong lyricist, but a weak arranger. Sparse arrangement again. Don't get in the way of those great lyrics, right? You don't have to be great at arranging if the lyrics are already such a highlight that you don't really like you don't you don't need to hide behind anything, right? It maybe you don't need as much interesting stuff in the arrangement because your lyrics are so captivating. Or if you're a strong instrumentalist and strong at writing the music side of things, but uh, maybe not a great vocalist, you know, let's say you're great at guitar, maybe in your bridges, uh, lean a little bit more towards doing the whole solo in the bridge thing instead of more lyrics, right? Maybe you're not a great lyricist, you're not a great vocalist, okay, take take the bridge as an opportunity to show off how good you are at uh, playing that guitar, and also, you know, the, the way you arrange your song, your voice might be a little more buried in the instrumentals rather than how it sticks out. I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but depending on the type of artist, you know, if, if you take your average pop track, the vocal is extra front and center. Like, the level on the vocal is sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's almost like a sea of vocals that are drowning out the rest of what's in the song, depending on how good the singer is. Great vocalists tend to be so front and center. Whereas, you know, some rock bands where, you know, the guitars are great and, you know, there's some really good musicians, instrumentalists, and the singer's okay, uh, but not great. You know, it's vocal's still front and center, but it's a little more buried in the instrumentals than that pop song that features a great pop vocalist. There's a reason for that. Again, play to the strength, and it can sort of eliminate or minimize, at least, the effect of your weaknesses. Lastly, go downstream, not upstream. So if you're like me and you are a whopping... Five foot seven, you're probably not going to play in the NBA, right? <laughs> like, statistically, unless you are the freakiest of freak athletes, it's not going to happen. And even if you are, probably still not going to happen. Go try to be like a, a, an NFL running back or something. You get a chance. Not going to be in the NBA. If you're not a good salesperson, you probably shouldn't be a realtor. Right? Don't be selling houses. If you're not business or financial minded, you probably shouldn't be a business owner or specifically a CEO. Right? If you are a business owner, maybe you need to outsource the CEO responsibilities. If you're too busy with like loving the product and stuff and you're, you don't really care about making money, well, then you should hire somebody else to handle that side of things. So go downstream, not upstream. Don't fight against whatever your natural abilities and your natural propensity is, if your greatest instrumental skill is guitar, don't focus on synth or pianos. 
right? This, again, may sound obvious, but go with the flow of what your skills are telling you to be. And this goes with stylistic stuff, too. If you're somebody that... So I have a friend. He's not a songwriter. He's not even a musician. But uh, he, he is great at as a, an artist. Artist meaning, like, drawing and stuff. Uh, to the point that he's actually designing the cover for my EPs and stuff. Because he's phenomenal. He's great. But um, his, his style in music is he likes electronic. And he likes really groovy, catchy... Stuff that brings a smile to his face. That's what he looks for in music. Which is close to the opposite of what I look for in music. Um, But that's not the point. The point is, there's nothing... Like, he has a totally different point of view than I do. On, like, what he likes in music. So if he were a songwriter, what he should write is probably he should be somebody that would write that happy, catchy type music that brings a smile to people's faces because that's what resonates with him. That's the natural thing that brings him joy. That's the natural thing that he likes. And probably because he likes it so much, it's probably going to be the thing he would be best at doing because he's listened to more of it. Right? And it should be intuitive as well that probably all of us are better at writing stuff like the stuff we've listened to more, right? If you've barely listened to electronic music, you're probably not going to be as good at writing electronic music as the rock music you've listened to religiously for the last 20 years. Probably. That might not be true, but probably. So be sure to go downstream don't fight against the current go with the things that you you have a natural propensity towards whether that's stylistics whether that's the skills you have whether that's the type of music that resonates with you whether it's the genre right if you grew up all country all the time do it right if you or somebody that, you know, you live and breathe rap and, uh, you know, let's say you've struggled with like, man, a lot of rap is, you know, deals with a lot of uh, questionable source material, right? Has a lot of questionable themes. Uh, so maybe you want to, to be something different, right? More the NF style of things, some, something a, a little more wholesome than than uh, your average uh rap stuff, right? Like Eminem, not exactly wholesome. Insert any other rapper pretty much. Not not exactly the most wholesome stuff. So whatever your natural propensity is towards, think about just going with that. If you're a limited vocalist, play within your limitations. Sing within your limitations. Don't force yourself to write grand epic songs if your voice is better suited to be conversational. If you have a, a, a smooth baritone, but only a range of an octave, use that octave range. Play to that smooth baritone. Write songs that are conversational. 
don't write overly emotive songs that require huge leaps in your melody that's going up way high in a range that you don't have. Don't do that. So hopefully this was helpful to you. I know it's something that I think we all need to be reminded of. Sometimes I need to be reminded of it for sure. Um, Cause sometimes it's, it's a little too easy to start getting outside of, of, of what our strengths are and to start just losing sight of like here, here is what my natural abilities are. And, and, and this is my bread and butter because again, there's, there's this constant push and pull. You want to be exploring, you want to get outside of your box, but you do still want to have the box that is your, your sound, if you will. That's, that's very you and you want, and and if maybe your current box is not the right box for you, you want, you want to explore enough to discover, oh, wait, actually, that's more my thing, right? After all this time, I thought that I, you know, rock was my thing. And now I know, you know, that I'm better suited for, I don't know, I have this newfound love for country or something, maybe your scenario, not my scenario, but it might be yours. Um, so yeah, chances are people like you for your strengths, your strength being played to can minimize the effect of your weaknesses, and then go downstream, not upstream. Don't fight against what is most natural to you, what you are naturally best at. Thank you to all of you who have been listeners for a long time. Thank you to all of you. And I know and have seen a bunch of reviews have come in more recently. So thank you to all of you who have taken the time to do that. I appreciate that a ton. I love the seeing your kind words in the form of iTunes reviews. And if you haven't already, uh, now is the time. Now's the time for you. Uh, I think it, it, it should take very, very small amount of time. I know, I know it still is, is something that, that takes some, some extra effort out of your day. Uh, but if you do feel the need to give something back, if you got some value from this or the other podcast, uh, that is the best thing that you can do to to help me, uh, and I would appreciate that a ton. If not, no hard feelings. Uh, I still love all of you, whether you leave a review or not. Um, but but to those of you who have left a review, again, I, I really, 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 really appreciate it. And again, if you haven't already, be sure to pick up my free guide, 10 different ways to start writing a song, five from a lyrical standpoint, five from a musical standpoint, help you get it outside of your box, help you start to discover different ways of starting songs so that all your songs don't sound exactly the same. Even if they are sort of in within your sound, it's still helpful to start writing songs from different points of view, from different uh, standpoints. That way you at least explore the box you are in more fully, if you will. Um, So go check that out, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, and I will talk to you next time.